I'm Delaney. And I'm Madison. And today we're going to talk about gestational diabetes mellitus, and um, which is a type of diabetes that occurs in pregnant women only, and usually only lasts for the duration of the pregnancy. But um, specifically, we're going to talk about some studies that recently have discovered uh, this d disorder might be causing long-term effects on your DNA um, and therefore having effects on women and their children. Yeah, we hadn't heard of GDM that much um, until it was brought to my attention. Um, one of my uh, friends, like extended family members had gotten this and I was like, oh, like what is gestational diabetes like mellitus? Um, and so we decided to look into it because we're realizing that it's becoming more common. Um, it occurs in 12 to 18% of pregnancies, and it is um, more likely to occur if you already have diabetes or if it runs in your age, uh, runs in your family as well. Yeah, and so we kind of were, after uh, Madison talked to this person more, uh, we were looking into how they treat GDM. And so they found that a lot of times you actually have to go through massive diet changes. And so you basically have to act like you have diabetes. Um, and so you have to cut down on your carbs and your fat and sugar intake. And also a lot of times women have to start um, exercising, probably like walking more during their pregnancies. Um, but then also specifically, we were in this class that talks about um, the effects of nutrition on your genes, and we wanted to look into maybe if GDM was linked to a nutritional genetic effect. So, yeah, with that all kind of being said, um, I think, you know, we had to do some research here on what exactly how your body normally functions with, um, without diabetes and with diabetes. Um, and so essentially like if you are a normal, healthy woman, um, after you eat a meal, your blood sugar intake normally goes up. Um, so the, the cells in your pancreas will promote insulin to be released. And insulin is a type of hormone, um, that is essentially a signaling mo molecule that, uh, converts blood sugar into, into like an actual form of energy for your body to use. Um, and so normally the, the sugar that's in your blood is glucose and it's the main source of energy in your body. Um, and insulin will have it, have this glucose be stored in your liver, which will decrease your blood sugar levels. Yeah. Then in, um, GDM, they found that women can kind of gain this resistance to insulin and therefore insulin is not acting the way it should. And so they have increased um, glucose or sh increased sugar levels in their blood. And so they have high um, blood sugar. And they also found that because of this and because of the way the umbilical cord and placenta works and how it's all very connected to the fetus that then this causes the baby to also have increased blood sugar levels. Um, so what's, what I found the most interesting about this, um, in our research is that GDM is often the first diagnosis of diabetes for most women who have GDM. Like that, that fact to me is just crazy. Like, like yeah. the fact that you can have diabetes just during your pregnancy and then go away afterwards. It goes away. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, but what's really odd is a lot of women don't really experience any symptoms before their diagnosis, which makes it really hard for them to notice it or even know that they have GDM. 
So like some women have said that they might have like an increased thirst intake. They urinate a little bit more frequently, or even sometimes they might have nausea, vomiting or, or blurred vision. Yeah. But then like the only way that you can actually know if you have GDM is at your second trimester, you have to do a glucose sugar test. Um, and I think some women have talked about this, but basically what you have to do is you have to drink this like big, you have to fast for 24 hours and then you have to drink this big drink of sugar basically. And they monitor your body and how fast you can get that sugar out of your system. And that's the only way that you can know if you have GDM is at your like second trimester checkup. And you yeah. To- and that's like most women too. Like some yeah. men know in the first trimester, but majority are second, which I feel like is yeah. pretty late into your pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, the risk. So they don't exactly know what's causing GDM, right? It's something that's still being studied and research. Um, yeah. but we, the scientists at least have said that, that your likelihood of getting GDM while you're pregnant, um, increases with factors such as like a higher age, poor lifestyle habits being, you know, your exercising and eating habits and also being obese. But the thing is, is like, we were watching some YouTube videos about women who were telling us about their, their, um, experience with GDM and many of them aren't obese, um, which makes us feel that there are other factors involved as well. Yeah. And so then we actually did research into this because we wanted to see like, if it's not because of obesity, what could be causing you uh, women to have GDM. Um, and some scientists have found that it's actually because of abnormalities in um, deoxyribonucleic acid or your DNA. So the hereditary unit that is within your body that gets passed down to all of your offspring. And so these genes, which is a specific like kind of hereditary unit unit within the DNA um, are getting like re- regulated differently. And this is maybe what's causing the GDM. Um, yeah. So you're even, you can have a bunch of genes in your body and not all of them are expressed. So some genes could just be like, could be there in your body and they have no effect at all. Um, but the ones that do, they like function in a certain way that kind of makes you who you are. Right. And the thing is, is your body does this normally through epigenetics, right? And epigenetics is the study of gene expression changes that are not caused randomly. So similar like, to make, put this more in perspective, I feel like epigenetics is very similar to a light switch, right? So humans will use a light switch to turn the light on or off. Um, and similar to how they do this, a molecule will bind to the DNA, which will turn the gene on or off. Mm-hmm. Um, and in cases like GDM, this mechanism is not working the way it's supposed to. Yeah. They're finding that sometimes, um, these molecules, because if the molecules are bound to this gene, then the other molecules that make express the gene or turn on this gene cannot access it. And so they're kind of finding that um, some of these genes, specifically the ones that respond, that um, have roles in the ability to secrete or break down or respond to insulin, are actually not expressed or getting turned off in women when they have GDM and it's might be what's having it this effect. Um, and so they're kind of drawing these similarities because they've scientists have also found that 
this change in gene expression is common in type 2 diabetes, which is also kind of a very similar um, effect to GDM. But the only difference is that type 2 diabetes occurs all the time and not just during Right, right. And GDM so, is just like just when you're pregnant, right? <laughs> yeah. But then, so scientists are kind of like, connecting this dot between type 2 diabetes and yeah they're getting there though (laughs) yeah and what's uh, in addition to this actually they're also finding that there are genes that are related specifically to pregnancy that are being altered as well um and these genes are shared between your blood the umbilical cord and the placenta um and these genes are like normally turned off but in women that have gdm like scientists are finding that they're actually on and they're linking this to higher glucose levels and also like the impaired ability to like respond to uh, insulin. Um, and it's really common that because the mother's like, so the mother and the baby don't share the same blood supply, right? But the blood, the nutrients and the oxygen levels in the mother's blood gets transferred over to its fetus. Um, and it does this through, um, the umbilical cord and the placenta. So it's very likely for the baby to actually have this altered gene expression like the mother does and leading to potential increases of like type two diabetes uh, for the baby as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they also found that, um, there's this like maternal imprinting gene and that in obese women, if they have GDM, that this gene um, could also therefore be causing obesity in their child because of some correlational studies that scientists have found um, that they are these genes can be turned on or turned off in the women, and then the genes are turned on or turned off in the babies. And like this is all very like pre, right. Like, like, we don't I know for like sure the mechanism. Wow. There's not really a causative agent behind this yet. So it's very correlational. It's a very early study, but it is kind of interesting um, that they found this. I would love to see more research on that. I think, yeah. I mean, obviously like childhood obesity, um, it's hard to put one like cause to it, but this would be really interesting to see more on this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of in addition to that though, scientists are also realizing that your nutrition and what you actually eat may play a really large role um, in whether you have GDM or not. Um, they're seeing that, you know, if a pregnant woman has per se, like an unhealthy diet, um, maybe just, you know, higher carbs, too much fats, things along those lines, um, that anything that will cause her blood sugar to rise substantially, that the genes in it's in, in the baby will actually express hormones, um, such as leptin and adiponectin. And they normally regulate like these hormones normally regulate body weight and insulin. Um, but the, when they're not expressed the way that when the genes are not expressed the way they normally should be, it may actually increase the baby's body weight and also induce insulin resistance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also really interesting to note too, that, um, that, they found that this like high fat nutrition could be causing just this differential gene expression. So if women are not really careful and how, what they're eating or, you know, eating a well-balanced diet could actually be changing this expression of these genes in them, in their themselves and also their children. Um, and so it could be causing lasting effects for both, both them and their children, you know, it's kind of interesting. 
I agree. Well, to add on to the amount of correlational studies we're talking about, uh, <laughs> I feel like we have so many of those. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's still being researched, but um, scientists are, there's one study that's looking into temperature um, and it's finding, this is all correlational to preface this, but they're finding that temperature might actually have an effect on whether like the likelihood of developing GDM. Um, they looked at uh, people who had pregnancies during higher temperature weather and like, like colder temperature weather. And that they're finding that when you have a pregnancy during a warmer temperature, that you're mo more of these women have GDM. Yeah. Yeah. And they also found, cause they had like over 300,000 women and with that 500, over 500,000 births. And so some of these women were having two children and they were tracking these women during both of their births. And they actually found some of these women, if they had their child during the summer or something, that they were getting GDM. And in the previous or even a later birth, if it was during the winter or during the colder months, they actually were not getting GDM. But again, this is all very, this is like a very initial study. Like, no, we don't understand it fully. And so it's all very correlational. And so we can't really for sure say that like higher temperature is causing GDM, but it is a very interesting point that we could probably research more, especially with on the topic of global warming and everything that we might end up seeing an increase in GDM and who knows, maybe childhood obesity, if that is also something that's linked to GDM in women. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, I, we're not trying to tell people if you live in Texas, move out, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> so um, on to the next point. So if you don't have GDM treated, it can have many effects. Uh, for one, during the pregnancy itself, um, women with GDM have higher blood glucose levels and high blood pressure. Um, the nice thing though, is that these are normally like go away once they give birth to the baby. Um, but there also is a extremely high chance of women having preterm births or C-section. Um, the baby is normally like overgrown in size because it has high blood glucose levels. So most women don't do a, a vaginal delivery because, um, there's a likelihood of having physical birth trauma, such as like tearing, swelling, or muscle damage. Um, you know, and for not all the time, GDM goes away after pregnancy. Um, if it doesn't, I mean, there is a, a possibility for the pregnant woman to have continued insulin resistance. Um, and there is also an increased risk of developing type two di diabetes later in life. Um, and then there's also a higher chance of women having GDM in later pregnancies as well, once they have it the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, kind of going into like, um, the child and the effects on the baby, um, so because these babies often be have this higher glucose levels um, and they tend to grow in size and they might be larger than the normal average weight of a child, they actually can sometimes, um, if they go have a vat, if it's through a vaginal birth, they can receive like shoulder dystocia, which is like when it, they get the shoulders baby or, um, or head gets stuck in the pelvis and this can cause like injury, but it can also actually lead to suffocation. Um, but then what's interesting to note too, is that um, due to the sharing of the nutrients with the mother, the babies only receive the mother's glucose levels. And so actually the baby has to um, 
kind of combat these high glucose levels from the mother with their own insulin. But this can lead to some complications post-birth if the babies are not receiving the same amount of glucose, or if they're receiving, receiving less glucose than they were when they were um, inside the mother, they can actually have um, some, like they might have to get some treatment with uh, increased sugar diets because their insulin is like overworking and therefore they have very low uh, glucose levels. Um, and then some other things because of like a preterm birth, if it, the baby grew too large, they could also have jaundice, which is the yellowing of the skin because of liver dysfunction. But the good thing with this one is that it's pretty easy to treat. Um, you just have to go through some light therapy. It's usually with a UV and they have this cute, like they wear these cute little glasses. But um, if it's not treated, it can also lead to some uh, brain damage. And so it's very easy to treat though. So it's not that much to worry about. Um, and then one other final thing that babies could have um, is respiratory distress syndrome. Um, and this is also because if the baby is born, pre born preterm, um, they may just require some oxygen therapy so that it can start breathing on its own because it wasn't fully ready to leave. Um, <laughs> and it just grew too large. And so, um, just yeah, to be I mean, it happens, right? I mean, yeah. the nice thing with that is that those things can be treated. Yeah. But, and a lot of that is because of preterm birth too. It's not yeah. necessarily because like, I feel like there's just other, yeah. like more risk of complications when that happens. In yeah, general. exactly. Um, but you know, the sad reality is, is that there's no cure to GDM as of this very moment. Um, right now, many doctors are recommending uh, low carb diets with natural sugars, right. To essentially maintain GDM by maintaining your blood glucose levels. Um, we do realize that this can off, this can be kind of hard because organic diets are like expensive, right? I mean, not all people are able to afford that. Um, yeah, and not all restaurants even, or restaurants, not all grocery stores even offer like these organic, like foods or, um, you know, so it's, tough. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, we thought that, you know, many women take more walks, whether it's like a five to 10 minute walk, just a couple times a day. Um, we realize this can be hard with work, but I feel like just a even a five minutes is better than nothing. Right. Yeah. Um, in some of the YouTube videos we watched about women explaining what they're doing, um, we realized that many women actually fast, which this must be so difficult. Like they, they seem like this was a struggle, but it works where they won't eat anything for a few hours um, to maintain their blood glucose levels. And we're not telling you like, don't eat, right. That's the, that's the cure to this. Um, but you're going to have to use a lot of self-constraint, um, yep. on what you're eating to maintain. Yeah. They also mentioned too, sometimes like for snacking periods, they snack on like carrots or like vegetables or like nuts, like almonds or, um, and so it's like low carb, like snacks that can hold you over, but they kind of help with the treating this GDM. So. Exactly. Um, and many women also take their blood sugar levels before and after every meal. Uh, they poke their own fingers, uh, which I realize is a bit of an inconvenience, but it is a really good, um, way to like know what your levels are, um, and potentially take insulin if you have to. Um, so the only thing though, is that many women, um, don't like who have GDM, the, they have looked at the numbers to see, okay, who's following, who's doing follow-up treatment and who isn't. Um, and I guess there isn't many women looking in, uh, looking at follow-up treatment. Um, 
And this may be for many reasons. Um, it may just have to do with the lack of access to proper medical care or treatment, or just even insurance to cover like appointment costs. I also think that doctors need to be uh, educating people on this more as well. And especially when women are getting pregnant, I think they need to be very transparent um, with, with women about what the potential risks are. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, along with that, like, obviously a lot of what we've presented is very correlational studies and there's not a lot of mechanisms behind this or a lot of um, causative agents that we know of. So not only do we need more education, but more research is needed too, so we can fully like understand what is causing GDM and how we can actually really treat it, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that's a great note to end up on. So thank you yeah. for listening. Um, we hope you learned something today. Yeah, and um, have a nice day. All right.